So in this episode, I'm joined by someone I've known for my work with Oracle for many years in the business analytics space, Jack Berkowitz. So Jack, welcome to the show. And why don't you introduce yourself properly and tell us what you do at Oracle? Hey, great. Thanks, Mark. And it's great to be talking with you. Um, My name is Jack Berkowitz. I'm the vice president of uh, products and data science for Oracle's adaptive intelligence uh, program. So we're all about bringing machine learning and really web scale data into our applications um, to help people make decisions, to be able to um, give good recommendations, um, improve business outcomes, all those types of things. Very interesting. So, Jack, you I mean you've been working in with Oracle now for a while. I knew you from the uh, the business analytics and the BI app sort of days. But what was the route you had going into Oracle? Tell us a bit about how you kind of ended up there and and, and kind of your kind of past history, really. Yeah. Um, so, it's been an interesting <laughs> journey, but I encourage everybody to go on a journey a bit. Um, so my career sort of broke into a couple of phases before I ended up at Oracle. The first phase was, uh, for about 10 years, a series of, um, consulting and, and sort of project, uh, oriented, um, capabilities around DARPA programs. And so I was involved in some of the very early, um, uh, semantic web projects, some of the early natural language understanding things, uh, all of those types of things during the nineties. And during the 2000s, I worked uh, in a series of startups in commercial software, but in the semantic web and in search. So I got to build one of the first scalable AL inference engines, productize that and put it into the market. Uh, I got to work on some really cool search uh, problems. And in the course of doing that over those two periods, 20 years, got to know Oracle a little bit. And so in 2011, I joined Oracle um, at first in the analytics team and, and now doing this. Okay, okay. So so I, I knew you best, I guess, from the Oracle days working on the BI applications, which was Oracle's packaged applications, you know, packaged analytics to run on top of sort of CRM and ERP and so on. Tell us a bit about that and, and the problem they were trying to solve and, and kind of what your role there with that was. Yeah, so the, the BI applications was really about uh, trying to provide business content or business context in for analytics out of the box. So there are, there are um, you know, thousands of metrics, KPIs, that describe business. Uh, and so it might be business about sales, or might be business about HCM, or might be business about um, you know, procurement. And all these things are pre-calculated, uh, pre-set, uh, so that people can get up and running with analytics quickly. Um, so, very successful standalone product in the sort of data warehousing space and the classic analytics space. But one of the cool things that Oracle did is they they lifted these concepts, these 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 ideas, and brought them into all of the Oracle cloud applications. So all the Oracle applications have all of these KPIs and metrics already built inside. And my role for a few years was to um, actually help that transition into the cloud and then work with customers to make sure that everything was working properly, that the metrics reflected their business, uh, and then even some of the more technical things like it performed adequately. Um, And so that was my role and my team's uh, role in that. Okay, so and you, you talked there about moving into the cloud, and I think that's a good kind of lead into kind of where you are now, and obviously your background with with kind of semantic web and so on. So you the apps moving moved into the cloud, and your job now, your role now, is to try and introduce machine learning into that sort of into that space. Tell us a bit about that, and and what you're trying to achieve there, and and the and the kind of role and the team you're working with at the moment. 
Yeah, so as we were looking at this move into the cloud of applications, it became pretty uh, evident to us that that even the entire world of analytics was going to change, right? Um, probably the the parallel I would have would be a pilot. You know, if you and, and in fact, my very first job out of grad school was was building flight decks and designing flight decks for pilots. And if you think about it, pilots very very busy flying an airplane, and um, gets the right cues at the right time in order to help them fly their plane. They don't sit around particularly analyzing the airspeed uh, over time, but boy, if their airspeed drops, they get an alert immediately. And as we were starting to think about how people will use these applications and and take advantage of these applications, that use case keeps coming to mind. Um, We also start to see these things in consumer. So I use Waze every single day. Waze is, you know, this mapping capability that, that Google bought. I use it every single day to get through traffic in San Francisco to the office. And look at what Waze is doing. It, it's actually, it knows a lot about me. It knows a lot about um, what other people are doing. And it also knows a lot about sort of traffic conditions and things like that. And so it can offer me routing. And it's not just the same route every day, but it actually adapts in real time to traffic conditions, to where I'm going and everything else. That notion, which is to provide that ease of use and that advice and taking advantage of data. And that was really the key, right? Waze uses, you know, tons and tons of data to make that happen. Um, As our customers were coming to the cloud, we saw, hey, wait a second, they're going to have all their data. We can actually help them use their data more effectively and we can provide these types of capabilities in terms of their business applications. And so this is a natural outgrowth of people coming to the cloud, also a reason to come to the cloud, and it just made sense. Um, so we kicked this off several years ago um, pretty quietly before we made announcements, but have been attacking this problem really, really diligently to try to provide you know, these, these capabilities. So what you're saying there is, is you're helping, I suppose, the user of these applications focus on the tasks and, the, and, and solve the problems to, to, on, the, on the platform kind of better, really. So, you know, you, anyway, you, taking your analogy there of kind of ways, you're helping them kind of, I suppose, answer questions quicker um, in use of the kind of applications. So it's about focus and, and efficiency, really. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's really focus, efficiency, amplification, right? So if I can take away you know, sort of mundane tasks from them, right? I can let them get back to being creative uh, and let them solve problems uh, creatively. And that's really what we're, we're trying to do with all of these embedded analytics, with all of this machine learning is just amplify people's capabilities. Okay, okay. So with the so the products you're looking after at the moment is the adaptive intelligent apps, aren't they? So what, what as a product line, you know, what kind of areas do they cover? I mean, I think it's CX and so on. I mean, what, what kind of, I suppose, subject areas and, and verticals are you looking at at the moment? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, we're actually looking across all of Oracle's application footprint in the cloud. And so there are things in CX, and that's marketing, sales, and service. And we made some really big announcements a few weeks ago at, uh, at one of our conferences called Modern CX. But we also have solutions uh, that uh, we've announced around ERP, around discounting. We have things in supply chain that we're uh, talking about, and also in human capital management, both recruiting and uh, the balance of um, uh, HCM. 
probably the cool thing. And one of the things that we can do is, of course, because Oracle's not in any one of those, but across all of them, we can actually connect um, connected intelligence across the different domains. So, you know, if you want to hit a sales goal, you have to have a certain number of salespeople. And how does that interplay in terms of um, the machine learning? Okay, so so you've got analytics, you've got machine learning in there. I mean, how do they, I mean, to define the two things there, how do analytics and how, do, how does machine learning differ in these kind of platforms? And what kind of different, I suppose, problems do they solve or assistance do they give, really? Or are they the same thing? Yeah, so, well, it's a continuum, mm -hmm. right? And, it's, and, you know, you can get, you get in arguments all day long about where the edge is. Um, the way we like to think about it is there's a difference between reporting and informing on a, on a historical report and suggesting action or taking automatic action, like in a machine-to-machine -machine sense. And so where we're applying the machine learning isn't just to be able to do projections to inform someone, but actually to either you know recommend actions immediately or better yet, allow the person to say, once they get to enough trust in the system, tell you what machine you take over and let the machine go ahead and, and do automated actions on their behalf. Okay, so in a way, this is a bit, this is a, this is a natural continuum from the work I think you were doing sort of years ago where you're embedding analytics inside the Fusion application. So back in the old days, we, we had things like, you know, in Oracle terms, Discoverer, we had kind of Oracle BI that were kind of separate standalone reporting applications. Then you were looking to embed these in the actual kind of like the application itself and the workflows. Is what you're saying now that you're taking that the next step forward and actually almost to the point in some cases of automating those decisions, but it's all about the efficiency and the focus of the person running the application. Is that kind of what you're getting at? Getting yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And in fact, that was the trajectory that, the, that we set out to do all along, right? It just takes stair steps to get there. Okay, okay. So look, thinking about, I mean, that's an interesting sort of topic area. And, and do you think the work you're doing, does that kind of in a way negate putting, say, reporting inside applications and so on? Or is there still a need to have, you know, maybe, for example, graphs and charts in, in the Fusion apps? I mean, is this, is this something that is the better version of it? Or is it still a continuum there for people? Yeah, I don't think it negates it. I think it's a continuum, right? So, um, you know, at the end of the day, in fact, we just finished our fiscal year. I was looking at sales numbers inside of our Fusion application, just like anybody else. Uh, so there's, there's a balance. And, and also, you know, those charts also um, will come into play or those metrics will come into play maybe in a different sense. Now I've got a recommendation, but I, before I trust it, I want to understand the underlying data as well. And so by having both of those components together actually creates a really strong offering. Yes, so you're addressing, I suppose, the actionability of BI there as well. I mean, again, one of the, I suppose, critiques of kind of analytics in general is that often it's it's very much, it's interesting and they're nice graphs and charts, but making them actionable is the challenge. Is that something you're trying to address as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're trying to go after these challenges. Um, I think the key to all of this, though, is trying to go after it in partnership with customers, right? So... Um, and I think that's really the aspect that, that we can bring to bear at this moment because of the momentum that we have about people picking up these applications in the cloud. Um, every time I turn around, I won't give an exact number because every time I turn around, there's a, another you know, higher number of companies, but it's not even smaller companies anymore. Major companies moving you know, their ERP systems, uh, their HCM. We have customers with 150,000 or more customer, uh, employees 
in HCM. And so uh, what the cool thing is, is being able to work with them um, very interactively because we are in, because they are in the cloud and we're working with them directly there. You know, it used to be hard to do this, right? Um, to try to do these types of projects 10 years ago or 15 years ago when I was working on them, you know, it was this massive data consolidation energy. And at the end of 12 months, then you hope to do some machine learning. Now, because the data is available, and it's not just the com- company's first-party data, but we can bring in outside data and augment uh, their context, we can make progress to them very quickly. That's actually the most important part. So, so you, you mentioned third-party data there and so on. I mean, that, that's an area I'd like to kind of get into a bit in a bit, actually, because I know that Oracle's made quite a lot of acquisitions in that space, and I think certainly that that seems to be a kind of a bit of a usp really for oracle there um i mean just before we get on to that i mean in terms of how this is being developed are these a set of applications that are standalone to everything else that oracle does or are you looking to inject this kind of intelligence into into existing sort of like SaaS apps how's that kind of work really yeah so this is this is a this is really interesting the way we've designed these as a set of rest apis Right. What that means is we can make these pluggable into existing Oracle applications. So they can be exposed as widgets. They can be exposed as data feeds, uh, depending on you know, the use case. What that means also is, is that if somebody has a hybrid stack, um, and this, the hybrid stack, in that sense, having some Oracle and, 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 and you know, something from another vendor, uh, we can provide that intelligence there as well. Because as long as they can mop, map to our canonical model, which, you know, actually, if you go all the way back to those BI apps, turns out to be very similar, um, then, then we can have an interplay between the two. So this REST API, the widgets that we drop into the systems or the data that can be called, that's really the key to all of this. Okay. Okay. And so you, we talked a bit about you making the, per, the making the life of the person operating the application kind of easier and simpler and more focused. Are, are there ways that you're also applying you know, machine learning analytics into, for example, the offers that are being made to customers or, or kind of things like personalization? Is that be, is that part of the project as well? Yeah. So when you get into the individual um, capabilities, for example, for CX, um, for CX, we have we have two different flavors. We have one that's around consumer-based uh, customer experience. We have one around businesses, right? In consumer, it embodies just what people are used to: product recommendations, offers, right? So discounts or things like that, um, and and content personalization as well. So. You know, and that could be banner images and the entire thing that happens to me when I'm on a website. But it may also be, hey, read this document or watch this video. The interesting thing is, is that because it's a, a REST API layer, it can be inside the website. It can be in your email. We're doing work with chatbots. We're doing work with the service people that you may end up, actually, you know, a human on the other side. So you get this continuous connected experience in terms of that personalization. Even if you go into the store, uh, the people at the, at the, at, you know, helping you inside of a store actually can have the benefits of that coordinated response. Okay. Okay. So, so I mean, you mentioned uh, offers there and so on. I remember there was a product called Real-Time Decisions that was part of Oracle BI before. I mean, how, how does this relate to that? Is there kind of any common technology or common kind of goals there at all? I mean, what, what's the kind of, what's the situation on that? 
Yeah, it's a good question. So RTD, Real-Time Decisions, is really a development platform for people to be able to build these types of applications or other types of applications. What we wanted to do is, is not, is not uh, re-implement, but basically take the learnings uh, out of RTD, which has been a really successful product and continues to be so, but take those learnings and then tie it to very specific use cases and use the latest advances in terms of machine learning and all of the cloud-based technologies, the cloud architectures, uh, so that we could build something um, that can uh, scale with the businesses. And so we've taken the learnings of RTD. We've also taken the learnings of the BI apps. We've taken the learnings of um, the industry because our people, you know, for example, we compete our algorithm in Kaggle every so often, right? So we bring all those learnings together uh, to this next generation of applications. Okay. Okay. So you touched a bit on on third party data and data as a service there, and and I think that it strikes me that's the kind of the the additional unique thing that Oracle can bring to this. Um, what, so tell us a bit about where third party data comes in, and a bit about what Oracle offer in this area in terms of products and acquisitions and so on. Yeah. So so look at that personalization use case. Um, that personalization UK, use case about me interacting with I don't know a sporting goods store or things like that, right? Normally, that sporting goods stores only knows about the information about me in terms of the context of my interactions with them. However, there's this entire world of advertising and marketing data about consumers that, that, that people today use for ads, but we can also use for context in order to train and provide better precision to the application. And, you know, so it not only knows you know, about me and my, and my, my purchase history, but maybe some other um, advertising type uh, context information. It, it may not be about me as a person because it's anonymous, but, you know, sort of this class of person is doing certain things. Uh, it turns out that Oracle over the past um, uh, several years has, through acquisition as well as expansion of, of our capabilities, um, has the largest... Um, uh, conglomeration and pool of this advertiser marketing data in the world. We did a series of acquisitions, starting with a company called Blue Kai, and um, and then we bought a company called Data Logics, one called Add This, one called Crosswise, and even a fifth one now called Moat. Mm. Yes, I heard of come that. together yeah. to form what we call, yeah, the Oracle mm. Data Cloud, mm. and that's this capability. Uh, advertisers use it, you know, so. Some of the biggest brands in the world use that information to, to the place advertising and to target advertising. We use exactly the same data through exactly the same APIs as the advertisers to be able to then provide additional context to our recommendation engines or to our machine learning. So how does this impress? There's a lot of data out there that is some of it is 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 uh, probably uh, you've maybe got sort of different IDs for the customer. You've got kind of challenges there in, in kind of linking it together. I mean, how, how does how does how do you link data together? Really? I mean, I saw a product called Oracle ID Graph that, that's that's around. How, how does that fit into things? Yeah, so the Oracle ID Graph is interesting. So the way the uh, data cloud works and any of these uh, sort of third party consumer systems work is the profiles are all anonymous. And so each one of us may have five to 10. In fact, the people on this phone may have 15 or on this podcast may have 15. And it's, you know, your work email, your personal email, your Comcast account, your phone account, all of this information comes together. The problem is, is actually understanding, hey, wait a second, these seven profiles actually are referring to 
one person, like for Jack or for Mark. So Oracle uh, has some uh, machine learning capabilities, some artificial intelligence capabilities that allow us to infer those matches. Now, it's probabilistic. It's not an absolute. We don't know it's exactly me, but that this unique identifier is strongly correlated with these others, and we can then uh, pull that information. And that's really the ID graph. So you can come in from any one of those different touch points from my phone or from my work uh, identifier and actually get a consolidated view of this anonymous profile. So, so, so you mentioned uh, about these data sources going into the machine learning algorithms and so on. Is, is this all kind of transparent to the, to the user? I mean, presumably this just happens in your models are kind of uh, are more predictive and so on. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you take away, I suppose, the complexity of this really? You've got APIs and so on, but how, what work have you guys done to make this kind of easy to work with? Well, well actually, well, we, yeah, again, another learning is we watched and we learned from numerous data lake and big data projects over the past several years. And this idea of each company needing to contract, each company needing to build their own algorithms, each company needing to build their own data science teams. Um, you know, our customers are like, we can't even find the people, let alone hire them, let alone keep them once we train them. And so what we've decided to do is to, for very specific use cases, remove that heavy burden. So, you know, we're investing in putting together all that infrastructure. Essentially, what we have is a massive data lake with the data science algorithms and everything ready to go. The system automatically adapts through some ensemble modeling and some um, uh, dynamic, uh, I don't want to overstep it, but dynamic machine learning to auto-tune to each customer's situation. And we sort of take away the need for a lot of that heavy lifting for those yeah. specific use cases. Okay, okay, okay. It's interesting. So, so, um, yeah. I mean, I, I suppose the other part to all this is I've seen a lot of announcements being made by, say, Salesforce, for example. You know, in in areas in this way as well. So there's obviously Salesforce, Einstein, and, and so on. There. I mean, how, how does what Oracle's doing differ to that? And are you trying to achieve the same thing or different things to to, to say what Salesforce are doing? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, and there are more. You know names for things out there than, than anybody actually understands what it is. I think we're trying to attack this slightly differently than everybody else. Um, we're trying to attack it really from a combination of, of a company's data as well as, you know, third-party data or even second-party data and bring that together. We're also really attacking the, the notion of all of this intelligence needs to be connected. So it's not around the application but actually around the person or the object that is being serviced. So I don't care that I happen to be right now on the website, on an e-commerce website versus email versus on a service desk versus in the store. It's one central connected intelligence across those. Um, that appears to be different than our competitors. The other thing is, is that we come in with full knowledge of, again, getting back to the BI apps legacy, full knowledge of the domain. So a lot of the, the machine learning uh, techniques or, or groups will come in and say, great, describe to me your business problem from, from scratch, a big services engagement. We're coming in and saying, look, we actually know this business problem. We actually know everything about procurement, or we know a lot of things about transportation. Uh, we can tweak it a little bit with extensions for you, but um, you can get up and running with us in a matter of days, not a matter of weeks, not a matter of months, but a matter of days. 
you could be getting returns uh, on, on those use cases. And so I think that's a little bit different. Um, and we're, we're pleased. The reception from the market has been great. And so we're happy with that approach. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what prompted me to contact you, really, that, that I've seen there's been a lot of press, really, what you're doing, which is good. Um, and you seem to be kind of getting somewhere, really, with this, which is fantastic. I mean, longer term, is this something, I mean, you guys, I think you're, you know, it's probably fair to say you're working as a kind of like a, a fairly small, almost like startup team, really, with an Oracle. You know, is, it, is the idea that this kind of, in a way, infuses everything Oracle does in the future? Or, or is it going to be a sort of niche thing or, or what? Yeah, so... You know, I can't really talk too much about the future in terms of where everything is going to go because, you know, quite frankly, we're learning the same way as everybody else is. But I think what you'll see is is that this notion of a data-driven application, this notion of a data-first or a AI-first approach to the world, will permeate applications in general. Now, that doesn't alleviate the need for some things need to be transactional applications, right? There's a reason why a relational database exists, for example, in certain use cases. Um, but, that, that, but what that means is that applications, whether they're from us or from anyone else, you know, people are just going to expect that these capabilities are there. And so, you know, is, does that mean a whole re-architecture? I don't think it does. Does that mean that this is pervasive? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to see this type of uh, these types of capabilities pervasive over the next three to five years. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, do, do you, I mean just a, as a kind of side point, do you see well, back in your old days of kind of yeah, I suppose the BI tools and and so on? You know, do you see there being much of a kind of a, an application of machine learning in just things like kind of you know BI tools in general, or, or is is it more the value of it is more focused when you get this kind of thing that you're doing? Well, I think there there in the BI world, I think there's you know, certainly at least two or three places where machine learning is having an impact today, right? First of all, just the, just the ability to get some advanced analytics, you know, regressions and projections and all of these types of things. Those algorithms can be applied right there. And instead of, you know, I remember trying to set one up, you know, 10 years ago, you know, one of the competitors' products, and it took me a month, right, to get a regression set up. Uh, you know, just having those at your fingertips is important. I think you're also going to see machine learning just sort of aiding the analyst in BI, right? So, A, suggesting joins, or B, you know, suggesting proper visualizations. We actually had a, a capability in, in Oracle Business Intelligence that, that I launched back in 2012 with you know, suggestive visualizations oh, for yeah. certain remember data that. sets. Remember that. Right? Yeah. Mm. So, so you're going to see those types of things. I think the third thing is, which is really exciting, is, you know, sort of that natural interaction, whether it's to talk to the system, which is interesting to me, but more, in, more importantly, to explain what it means uh, in terms of business analytics. That explanation stuff is, uh, I think that's really exciting. Um, so, I don't think analytics, in a classic sense, goes away, right? I think it's morphing and it's changing. I think the types of things that we're doing and Salesforce is doing and others are doing in terms of embedding machine learning and recommendations and automation into applications is also uh, going to continue. Okay. So okay. I think they're, again, complementary. 
And one, one last thing, obviously you remember the days of writing ETL routines and so on into the BI applications. The whole area of ETL is one that is, is still fairly, very manual actually. Do you, do you imagine, do you see a kind of machine learning or stats helping with that at all? I know there's a product from Amazon, Amazon Glue that tries to do this. I mean, do you think that's an area that's ripe for this kind of innovation? Yeah, so, so there's two levels to it. You know, first of all, you know, the ETL stacks are, are radically changing, right? And so there's machine learning and capabilities there for getting things into, you know, sort of models and canonical models. The other thing is, is, is there's a few things that we were doing, you know, 10, 15 years ago in the semantic web with extremely loosely coupled um, schemas using ontologies. So uh, where you can reinterpret that information, I think you're going to see those techniques. I'm not sure that I would overstep and say, that's machine learning or AI, although some people claim ontologies are AI, which I think flatters them. Um, but, but I think you're going to see loose, more and more loosely coupled schema approaches uh, to, to these types of problems. You know, I don't, as, as an end user, I shouldn't care that somebody didn't get the schema arranged properly, right? I, I still want to ask the question. And so if, if I can have a, a looser coupled approach to doing that, so much the better. Mm, excellent, excellent. Well, look, how, I mean, how would somebody get? So, a lot of people wouldn't have heard of these applications. Um, how would people kind of get demos of these? Who would they speak to? Who would they approach to find out more about what you're doing and the kind of applications that you're building? Yeah, it's a great question. So, um, obviously, the Oracle salespeople are getting uh, you know armed to the hilt with information about it. Uh, Oracle themselves on the website, um, there's you know a section about adaptive intelligent apps. Um, Modern CX at, at our Modern CX conference, both uh, there were a couple of interesting keynotes given. Uh, one by Mark Hurd, our CEO, uh, and I got a a little cameo at the in the middle of it. Uh, and then one by Laura Ibsen, who's the head of our Oracle Marketing Cloud. She and Steve Kraus, um, who's the VP of uh, products for, for our Marketing Cloud, gave some great examples of these applications in place. So uh, good good ability there. We're going to continue to push things out. So there'll be a lot of stuff on YouTube. There'll be a lot of stuff coming out on Twitter. So um, And then if anybody has a question they can't get to it, find me on LinkedIn or find me on Twitter, JP Berkowitz uh, on Twitter. And I'll get I'll get someone in touch with you. Excellent. Well, thanks, Jack. It's been great, great speaking to you. It's been a while since I spoke to you last. So um, I think what you guys are doing is really interesting. And I think applying the kind of unique property, the unique kind of things that Oracle can bring to it. The fact that you've got the domain knowledge, the fact that you can build stuff and it will appear on people's desktops because you obviously people buy your things and the data you've got as well. You know, and the machine learning kind of skills is is really interesting. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate that. And uh, take care. And thanks very much. Thank you, Mark. It's been great, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in person yeah. very soon. Cheers. Thanks, Jack.